It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder take care of business, beating the Luka Doncic-less Dallas Mavericks behind SGA's 33 points. The Thunder did exactly what they needed to do. SGA was fantastic, and there's still some room to grow for this Thunder team. We'll talk all about that coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder taking care of business Against the Dallas Mavericks, SGA drops 33 points. Lou Dort has a major focus area of improvement. And Kenny Hustle plays a fantastic game while Josh Giddy battles adversity and so much more. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Every single morning, every single day, we're here for you. Talking Thunder Basketball. Thank you for subscribing for free across all podcasting platforms. Let's start the way we always do with our game overview. Chet Holmgren out, Poku out, Usman Jang out, Jeremiah Robinson Earl out. And then still, given all those injuries, given the lack of size, the Thunder have a DNP CD for Darius Baisley and Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. Now Jalen Williams is coming back from that ankle sprain. And so when the, when the game got rolling and, the team had momentum, and you didn't feel like you needed that extra body. Give him another day's rest. I get that. And Darius Baisley, just same thing. Like, the game was rolling. He's not in your future plans. He's not in the rotation. He's not playing minutes anyway. So why go to him at, at this point if the plan is still working without him? And so he just got lost in the shuffle yet again. But the Thunder took care of business. I mean, this was a Mavericks team that didn't have Luka Doncic, who is the best player in basketball, arguably, and is having a historic season. They also didn't have Dorian Finney-Smith or Maxi Kleba or Josh Green. Now, those complimentary pieces, although I'd, I'd consider Dorian Finney-Smith uh, more than just a complimentary piece, but of those pieces, the Thunder also didn't have Poku or Usman Jang or Jeremiah Robinson. I'm not really counting Chet Holmgren because they won't have him all season long anyway, so it doesn't really matter uh, that he is still out for this particular game. But the Thunder was still missing key pieces as well. But the big thing here is you're taking on a Mavericks team without Luka, and you have to win those games. You have to. The Mavs are on a back-to-back. Luke has been dealing with this sore ankle for two, three weeks now, and, they, and the Mavericks finally found a way to get him some rest. It is at the expense of playing the Thunder in the Paycom Center, where the Thunder are 12-9 and nine at home. The Thunder entered this game 6-4 and four at, you know, in their last 10 games, 12-9 and nine at home, a game and a half out of the play-in. And when you factor all that in, 
plus no Luca, plus this is the final home game before a tough East Coast trip. We're going to go to Miami. You're going to go to Philadelphia. You're going to go to Chicago on the second night of a back-to-back. Then you're going to go to Brooklyn before you return home to play the surging Pacers. You needed this win. Like This was a must-win game in terms of bettering your odds to get to the play-in if that is your end-all, be-all goal, which, based upon the standings, there's a good reason why it should be. And so in terms of playoff standings and play-in, it it, it felt like a must-win because you have to stack this win where you can get it, considering, on paper, look at this East Coast trip. Going to Miami, being on TNT, you know, SGA said that they haven't really thought about that, but it's still going to be really fun. I really think that you're going to see the best version of SGA, Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams on TNT. I think that it matters to them in a way that does not matter anymore to Jimmy Butler or to Bam Adebayo or to the Heat. I think that the Heat, it's old news, it's old habit being on TNT and being on the national spotlight for their fan base. It's not as though they're going to turn out in droves just because the game's on TNT or just because they're you know on a national televised stage. They don't even show out in droves at the start of games for the playoffs either. So like, the crowd environment will not be there in terms of intimidating the Thunder. The, the other team will not be turned up as well in, in terms of being on national television. And three of your main guys, I think, care deeply about being on national television and being in, in the spotlight and being in the limelight and being um, players who will have their highlights clipped out all night uh, from the biggest NBA Twitter accounts and, and hoop heads and fans that are now forced to watch the Oklahoma City Thunder. You look at that slate. In that same window, Pistons 76ers, Raptors Hornets. Like if, if you're a hoophead, you're going to be watching Thunder Heat. That's what you're watching. And so I think that that matters. And so even though on paper, you know, the Heat, better team, but I think that the edge in that game could be the Thunder. But past that on this road trip, Philadelphia has Embiid. They have a great team. The Thunder lack a big man. Probably not going to win that game. The Bulls, a winnable game, but the schedule costs you here on the second night of a back-to-back, a road-road back-to-back. And then, of course, on paper, uh, the Nets should win that game as well. So this is a tough stretch where winning one game, winning two games would be considered a big win. And getting swept on the on this road trip would not be, you know, the sky is falling disaster. It wouldn't be great, but it just it's just a tough road trip. So you couldn't afford to give away this game when the Mavericks don't have Luka. And they didn't. They took care of business. And, and it's great to know that that message was sent in the locker room in the sense of not overlooking the Mavericks just because Luke is not there. Both pregame, Trey Mann and Mark Tegnot talked about this extensively, saying that, you know, they've been on both sides of it. Friday night, Washington didn't have Bradley Beal, but they still rose to the occasion and still beat Washington. Tuesday night, the Thunder didn't have Shea. And they saw what happens when a team kind of goes through the motions, kind of doesn't have it because the opposition is not at full strength. So they've seen both sides of it in this very week alone. And they made it a point to you know, not allow the injury report to dictate their mindset in this game. And in this game, the Mavericks start on a 12-3 run. They throw that first punch. They get up 11 points. The Thunder are letting the Mavs get comfortable open threes, and there's just a sleepy sleepwalk game for the Thunder. But OKC throws a great counterpunch and eventually grows an 18-point lead. But Dallas kept hitting tough shots, especially during that third quarter to, uh, in the beginning of the third quarter, to kind of stay in the game, to keep battling. 
And the Thunder then saw Shea dominate the third quarter, 17 third quarter points, have an answer for all those tough shot making abilities. And the tough shots really happen all game long, but especially in the second half, like it never resulted in anything, it never amounted to anything, but the Mavs would get within 11, they'd get within 10, eight points on these tough, difficult shots where you throw your hands up and go, what else can the Thunder do to defend this shot? It somehow goes in. And then eventually the Thunder were able to take control of this game late and win it at around the seven-minute mark. It was kind of over at that point for the Thunder to have the lead and to, and to kind of sustain that. But the Thunder did a great job of, keep, uh, of keeping to battle and to win this game that saw seven lead changes and two ties. I thought that the vibes were immaculate on the bench. Like every three-point attempt that the Thunder took, the, the bench was just ready to um, explode with excitement like a college atmosphere, which... We've seen before in Oklahoma City, Thunder U. This could be Thunder U 2.0, but the bench vibes were great in this one. I thought that the Thunder were just the deeper team. Like, looking at the bench points, the Thunder were a plus eight, and they're a deeper team, not just because there's no Luka, but, but, but you know, no Dorian, no Maxi, no Josh Green. The Thunder didn't have Jerry and Poku, like two guys that have been in the starting lineup for the Thunder, much less just rotational pieces for them. And... Whatever you want to consider Usman Jang, of course, him as well. So, like, even without the Thunder having two key contributors, the bench was still better than Dallas at plus eight. The Thunder dominated points in the paint, 56-24. The Mavericks won second chance points, 14-12. OKC had three more rebounds, and the Mavericks had four more turnovers. The Thunder shot 49-43-80. and Dallas shot 42, 36, and 78. OKC wins 120 to 109. OKC had five and double figures. Dallas had three. And the Thunder finish off a three in one week. That's huge. Like, I think that if you told Thunder fans on Monday you'd finish the week three and one, every single person signs on the dotted line because they would have signed on the dotted line for a two and two week. Right? You're playing, you go, go back to Monday. You're looking ahead and you're saying, wow, tough, tough Celtics game. Orlando on the second night of a back-to-back, a home road back-to-back where you're flying in and not getting to Orlando until 4 a.m., that's tough. You know, Washington, you know, going back to Monday, had Bradley Beal and they were healthy. Going back to Monday, thought Luka would play on, on Sunday against you know, with the Mavs. Like, heading into this week, you would have taken 2-2 two and two gladly. 10-3-1 is great, especially considering the upcoming road swing. But I cannot wait for the national media to be forced to watch this team on, on TNT on Tuesday. I think that the Thunder are still thrown into the pile of Houston and Charlotte and all these other bad teams. And if you're not throwing them in that pile as the national media, then you're putting them in this little castaway pile of like, ah, fun little story doesn't really matter. No, the Thunder are more than just a fun little story. Now, I'm not sure what it will be like and what it will end with record-wise or or how far this team will go or if they'll even make the play-in. But how they're doing it is what's important. They're doing it with Josh Giddey. They're doing it with SGA. They're doing it with Jalen Williams. They're doing it with these young pieces who will be a part of this core next year, the year after, and the year after. They're they're playing sustainable players in their rotation that are going to have sustained success in the NBA, and they're playing a system that they're going to be in for years to come and getting them prepared for, you know, hopefully another decade of dominance in Oklahoma city as that returns with this just incredibly deep young core that is playing this well. And is this close to a play in spot without arguably their best asset or second best asset now behind Shea in, in Chet Holmgren plus a mountain of draft picks 
plus the first round pick this year, obviously. Like, no matter how this season ends, it's an incredible season for the Thunder. And so I think that TNT Tuesday, it'll it'll force the national media to kind of wake up and say, whoa, first of all, we knew Shea was on another level this season, but he's like awesome. Josh Giddy, awesome. Jalen Williams is not some like interesting, what is he type of guy. Like he's a lottery pick that has a very, very, very high ceiling. And so on down the line. And so Tuesday will be very fun. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. But coming up, let's talk SGA and how he had a 33-point outing against the Mavericks and why it was so pivotal. But first, I want to say right now to go to TurboTax. But don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert. They'll do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve uh, any stress that you may have about taxes and allow you to get back to your life. So go to TurboTax, but don't do your taxes. Listen, show your eyes things that are not taxes. Like unpack a moving box, don't do taxes. You know, go and take a nice warm bubble bath, but don't do taxes. Sleep away during the night, but don't do taxes. Like make sure you ride into the sunset not doing taxes because TurboTax and their 100% expert guarantee has an expert that will do your taxes from start to finish so you can relax. Feel good to do your taxes with TurboTax because you're not doing them, doesn't it? Come to to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more and go to TurboTax to learn more with their full service product video meeting with experts that do not need anything to make your life stressful. They're going to do it for you and do your taxes. See the guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. SGA drops 33 points. His first shot attempt does not come until the 523 mark. And of course, it was a absolute swish mid-range step back jumper. He also had one of those incredible spinning fall away, step back baseline mid-range J's. And he followed that up with blocking Christian Woods three point shot. The intensity and the ability you see from Shea on the defensive end should not be undersold whatsoever. Like it is, it is truly a thing to watch. And then there's also timely buckets in here. Like, like really timely. Like SGA had an and one over Jaden Hardy which lifted OKC and it gave and it gave them the boost that they needed to swell that lead back to a comfortable margin at the end of the third with that bucket with the buzzer beater to send OKC to the fourth quarter leading 96 to 83 like SGA just took over the third quarter to score 17 points in that quarter alone and then he returned in the 7 minute mark in the fourth and what do you know boom as soon as he returns and one he scores 33 points 
five rebounds, five assists, a steal, two blocks, 13, uh, 11 for 13 at the free throw line, and 64% from the floor. You know, you're running out of things to say about SGA. Like, he's just a special player. He is just a special player. And then Josh Giddy. I thought Josh Giddy did well battling adversity in this game. Like he picked up his fifth foul at the 837 mark in the fourth quarter. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the 837 mark in the third quarter did not return until the 940 mark in the fourth quarter and did not foul out in this game. And Mark had a great philosophy. He said this, he said this before, he said this last year as well, about um with with you know playing in foul trouble and play, and managing when you're gonna take guys out, when you're gonna let them play through it, when you're gonna put them back in. Like a lot of the times you can overcoach that scenario and, and you foul the guy out by just not playing them because in, the, in this case, Josh Giddy went on to play you know, the, the final nine minutes of this game and he didn't foul out. He never picked up that, uh, that elusive sixth foul. And Mark said that they have a data scientist uh, who was kind of picking Mark's brain like, Hey, explain to me why a coach would take out a guy that has foul trouble because Playing a minute in the second is the same as playing a minute in the fourth. It's it's a minute. That's, that's what you're playing is a minute. They're just as valuable. They're just the same. And uh, and so Mark said that, that kind of shifted how he thought about this idea of letting guys play with foul trouble. Also said that he told Josh Giddy, hey, don't play to your fouls. Just play defense. Like, just play defense the way you know how to lock in. Uh, play defense. It doesn't matter how many fouls you have. If you have zero, if you have five, just play defense. And it worked. Josh Giddy was substantially better during the fourth quarter, then he wasn't any other quarter, and he had the the most foul trouble he's ever had. That's five fouls, you know, that early in the fourth quarter. And he was huge in putting the dagger in the Mavericks. Back to back threes, puts the Thunder up 112 to 98, and it was over. Like at that at the second, you know, at the second Josh Giddy three, Jay Kidd calls the timeout and it's over. Giddy goes two for four from three, 33% from the floor, five rebounds, five assists, ten points for him. I thought Kenny Hustle had one of his better games of his career. Playing that five role, a, a role that, you know, he he didn't look excellent in against Charlotte and, and, and against Philadelphia. Obviously, Philadelphia has Embiid. No one's going to look good against, you know, against Embiid. But against Charlotte, like, it just didn't look great. Like, it looked like the role, putting him in the five role would hurt him more than help him. But instead, the Thunder leaned all into it and just said, hey, for the time being, you're a center. And Kenny's embraced that. Like he's brought the physicality since then. He's brought the intensity. He's scrapped for rebounds. He had nine of them things in this game. Uh, he, he is boxing out hard. He's doing all of the dirty work that he normally does on the perimeter, only he's banging bodies inside, which is impressive. Uh, 14 points, nine rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Two for three from the three-point line, 66% from the floor, only missed two shots inside the arc, and one of them was like a put-back layup that was just kind of an awkward it's awkward to try to put back a shot. So like it's tough to call that a miss necessarily, although it does go down as a miss. So he missed one layup of his own, missed one put back, and that was all that he missed inside the arc and went two for three from outside the arc. After the game, he was described as two things. Mark called him a beautiful soul, like the soul of the team, and SGA called him a hooper. Those are two great compliments to get, and I think that that really sums up Kenny Hustle. I think that the things that Kenneth Williams does great are some of the hardest things for casual fans to quantify because it's not points per game. It's not rebounds per game necessarily. Like it's, it's just hooping. Like it's just, it's just the impact he makes uh, doing the dirty works in the margins that you can't always see when you're sitting on your couch. Now, granted, 
of all the role player, glue guy, dirty work, hustle guys, whatever you want to call Kenny Hustle, of all those caliber of guys, he makes that work pop off the screen more than almost anyone in the league, you know. But still, it's difficult to actually put a a qualifier on it. That's why I always share with you what his peers are saying because they, of course, have the direct impact of his game. Kenny Hills deserves a lot of credit. This is not a this is not an easy thing to do. Like it's not easy to play up a position in the NBA. It's not easy to play as a center when you are Kenny Hustle sized. And he's been excellent at it the last couple of games after I I didn't think he would be. I thought that this would be a role that would be um, one that compounds the problem, so to say, right? So you're missing your bigs. You put Kenny there. I thought it would make him worse and not feel your big problem. And now you're just kind of stuck looking around where, okay, now we've made one problem into two instead of just keeping Kenny in his normal role and having him play really good minutes. That has not been the case. He's actually been really good at, at the center position, which has been very impressive. We'll see how he does. Uh, against Miami, we'll see how he does against Philadelphia in that rematch. But like, in general, this has gone a lot better than I thought it would with Kenny Hustle playing the five. That's a lot of credit to him and just that mindset and tenacity and, and, and that gumption that a lot of players would not have. And so credit to him. But also credit to Built Bar for making a delicious protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go right now and check them out. They're in Walmart. They're in Sam's Club. Go to the pharmacy section. They have so many great options. You can also still order them at Built.com, so make sure you check that out as well. Built Bars are a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They're great pre-workout, post-workout, or even after a, a, you know, a, a snack, you know, a meal replacement, whatever you need it as. It's great for a meal replacement. It's very, very filling because it has all that uh, protein. It only has 160 calories, and it is fantastic in terms of you know being filling and, and, and giving you energy and boosts as well. They have so many great flavors. They have white chocolate peppermint, which is awesome. Cookie dough is my favorite, along with birthday cake. And one that I really cannot wait to try is snickerdoodle. So make sure you go check that out. Snickerdoodle chunk. I'm actually going to have to order that one myself. But cookies and cream is another great option. Cookies and cream. If you want more of the fruity, you know, the fruity taste, they have blueberry, uh, they have coconut, they have all these other great ones as well that aren't centered around chocolate or or any of that sort. Uh, one of the favorites around the network is Coconut Brownie Chunk. So go check that out. It's literally been a star of the show, of the NBA Locked On DMs. So go check it out as well. Coming up, we'll talk Ludor, and we'll talk about J-Dub and Lindy Waters and Aaron Wiggins and how the Thunder won this game all coming up. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Lou Dort. 18 points on 20 shots. Went three for eight from deep. Had five rebounds, had an assist, had a steal. Listen, all that's great. The most frustrating thing about Ludort's game is his rim finishing. He's taking up those shots anyway. He's shooting the shots. He's, he's going to the rim. He's taking rim attempts. He's, he's trying to get layups. He's trying to finish at the rim. If he would just finish at the rim, 
with a body that looks like it's built to finish at the rim in the NBA, like it looks like he physically should be able to, that's an easy four to eight more points per game for Lou Dort. And that's being you know, generous because it's accounting for him still missing something. You're not, you're not going to shoot 100% at the rim. But like with the amount of times he drives and the amount of times that he blows just easy finger rolls by pulling the string or not quite finishing through contact, like the amount of times that he does that, that's four points left out there for his, for his own personal individual average to make him more valuable, but also for the, for the Thunder team. He's shooting 52% at the rim. And he also has a little bit of Darius Baisley in him. We are watching him and you're like, you're like, why are you the one cooking right now? Like, why are you the one in the kitchen? Now, granted, he he deserves credit for being somebody who is aggressive. The Thunder lack that besides Josh, besides Shea. Like the Thunder lack aggression from even J Dub, who's really, really good. You know, J Dub's more of a fit in guy than a than a not fit out, but like an aggressive kind of I'm gonna go get mine. You need guys like Lou Dort who who will go and be an initiator to help lighten the load on Shea. But for Lou Dort, with his current state of rim finishing, it's kind of be a short order cook, right? Be a short order cook. Don't be Gordon Ramsay. Don't be out there ISOing and calling your own number and, and driving at the rim whenever you cannot finish there. Now, granted, he's still young, and I think everything points to he should be able to finish at the rim. His body. He's gotten better as a decision maker going to the rim. So he's already improved something about going to the rim. You know, he's gotten better at you know, knowing when to pass out whenever he's attacking the rim. But now it's getting better at the actual finishing. And I think that with another offseason, hopefully he goes into this offseason healthy. That shoulder obviously bothered him at the beginning of last offseason to kind of limit the work he could do. But the the tools should be there. Like, he should be strong enough. He should be athletic enough. He should be good enough to make these shots at the rim and shoot better than 52%. And if he can do that, then he takes another step as a player. Then he becomes, you know, a better player in general. Now, the question also is, you know, after the summer, what is his role? Whenever Chet's back, whoever you draft in the NBA draft, like whenever those two guys are there, what is Dort's role? Where is Where are his shots coming from? But in general, there are some games where you'd prefer him to be that short-order fried cook and not Gordon Ramsay. And the end of this game was that way. Like, I, I got a question about why Lou Dort took more shots than Shea. A lot of them came at the end of the game whenever the game was over for all intents and purposes, and Lou Dort was just out there cooking. Which isn't a big deal, but still worth noting. Uh, J-Dub had a career high in blocks with three. He is attacking well off the dribble against Biggs the last two games, taking advantage of what is put in front of him. Ten points, four rebounds, two assists. Lindy Waters had the best game of his NBA career. Now, statistically, we can probably go find a better game, but this game was like a true NBA game with true NBA stakes that mattered. Like, like this is a game that if the Thunder make the play and if they, if they get there, you look back on this game and point to it as a statement. You look back on that Boston game and point to it as a statement. Because had this game gone to the reverse result, had you lost this game, then you tumble on the East Coast, then the surging Pacers get you, you, know, you know, in 10 days. Had you done those things, then there's no shot to be in the play but getting that win Tuesday, getting this win on on Sunday against the against the Lucas Mavs, all that stuff matters, and all that stuff at the end of the at the end of the year counts the same. When you finish a game up or a game out of the play-in, it's not just the games in April that matter; it's the games in October, November, December, January, February. Every game could have been that one game, 
or was that one game to get you to your spot. And so this game had consequence, a little bit. And he shot three for six shooting, eight points, three rebounds, an assist, a steal, two blocks, played really good defense, not just the blocks. Like he was an active defender in this game. He stuck to his man more in this game uh, than he that he even has at the G League level. Like, honestly, like, he looked really, really good. Like, this is a really good defensive game for him. He had the stats to back it up, a steal and two blocks. Uh, but still, really good defensive game in general. And shot the ball well in his limited action. All you can ask for from Lindy Waters is to come in and be a spark, be an impact player, and then kind of settle everything down uh, past that. And then lastly, lastly Aaron Wiggins. Uh, again, I, I wanted to see more than 15 minutes of Aaron Wiggins, but whenever he gets in the game, he just makes a winning impact. Six points in 15 minutes, five assists in 15 minutes, three rebounds in 15 minutes. So like Aaron Wiggins has shown you in his career so far, he can score at all three levels. He can defend at a high level. He can play make in a pinch. It's kind of like a spot starter, right? Like, yeah, you don't want him being your point guard. You don't want him being your backup point guard and relying on him heavily to orchestrate an offense. Just like you don't want to, you know, rely on some long reliever to be in your starting rotation you know, every fifth day. You don't want Jamie Moyer in your rotation. But hey, on the sixth day, whenever somebody get, got a little bumped up in January, you know, not January, in July, throw this guy out there. He'll, he'll eat you six, seven innings. Same thing with Wiggins. Hey, when you're injured, when your rotation lines up to where, oh no, Giddy's in foul trouble, Shea, you know, is, is in his normal rest, where do we turn? Wiggins can be that in a pinch playmaker. And then normally, whenever you have a full cast of characters around him, he's playing off ball. He's a really good at flowing the offense, making the correct pass, not letting the ball stick to him. So he's a good passer, a good playmaker, and he can do it on and off ball. And he just he has a dead factor. Like there's just something about him that raises the intensity level when he's in the game, that raises the production when he's in the game. And last but not least, he does all those things, up and down, all those things. And he's under contract until the 24, you know, through, through the 24-25 season. And his contract never reaches above 1.9 million. Like he is on contract through 2024, 2025 season. And the highest you have to pay him for all of those talents is 1.9 million. That's the difference in roster building. Like that is, that is a key quintessential part of building rosters is finding guys like that on the cheap. So you can invest in other areas. Okay. So covered the spread at minus four SGA in the third quarter MVP of the game. MVP. Here's what's ahead on Lockdown Thunder. Tuesday's show will preview the Miami game. Being on national television is, a bit, television is a big deal. We'll give you an update on SGA and your mailbag questions all on Tuesday. Wednesday, we're going to recap the Heat game. Thursday, a draft pod with Richard Stamen at Draft on Twitter to review so far at the halfway point the 2022 class and preview the 2023 class. Friday, Sixers recap. Saturday, Bulls recap. Monday, Nets recap. We're here for you five days a week and after every Thunder game. So make sure you subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms and on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.